that was a really interesting experience being like in a totally new area of Japan, um, but also alone. Um, but then I ended up like, I ended up spraining my ankle like halfway through the trip. Oh, no. So I was like, were you hiking or something? Yeah, I was like in like a, this mountain sort of area that oh, and okay. like going down um, sort of like a steep like steps to like a crater and I like, ugh, this fucking dumbass and like slipped and like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Something happened with like my, my leg and my coordination and I just like totally messed up my ankle and it was, oh. I don't know, I like panicked so much just being like alone in a totally foreign place. Hello, hello! Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, Perspectives on Studying Abroad from Past and Present Students of Color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Jenny as the guest. I'm also really excited because this is episode 20. We've reached a whole new batch of 10 episodes, and you know what that means. I've got something extra to say coming your way on Monday. Uh, But for today, we are focusing on my friend Jenny. I've known Jenny since we were in middle school, I think. And um, we both had a passion for writing when we were younger. Um, But she really had just this intuitiveness and this skill about it. And and she actually works in media now, which I think is super cool. While she was an undergrad, she um, studied Asian studies and comparative literature. And during that time, she studied abroad in Japan twice. The first time was a summer program in Kyoto. Uh, That was actually the exact same summer that I was in Japan. So we got to like meet up for the first time since we'd graduated high school in Japan. So that was kind of, that was nice. (laughs) And then um, the next time was actually after she graduated, she got to participate in a two week program in Tokyo, learning about Japanese literature. And uh, yeah, so we spent our time talking about that, talking a little about her career also, and then also um, talking about a piece that she wrote recently about um, her grandma and Pizza Hut. Um, It'll totally make more sense once you hear the conversation. (laughs) But yeah, it was a really nice conversation and... um, uh, Jenny is really a trooper because she was actually sick at the time while, while we were doing the interview, but she stuck through it and um, I'm just really proud of her and I'm excited to have y'all hear what she has to say. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Jenny Zhang. Um... I'm, I'm really happy to see you this morning. I'm really glad that you um, agreed to be a guest on this podcast. Um, I really do appreciate that. How are you doing? Good. Um, I'm a little bit sick right now. So I, oh. if I cough or sneeze, um, I'm really sorry if you have to like edit, edit like extra time <laughs> editing it out of, of the audio. No, no worries. No worries at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Um yeah, so why don't we start with you introducing yourself, if you don't mind. Okay, L- okay, like real, real, t- like getting into real, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is already being recorded, right? 
Yes. Okay, okay. Then I'll just get into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that too abrupt? My no, 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 no. I'm just... Um, I have no idea how this usually works, so... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, introduce myself. Um, so, wait, including my name? If you want. I mean, honestly, anything you want people to know about you. So oh it could be I'm whatever so, you want I'm to say. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. No. Okay, I'm going to start over. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Jenny. Um, I'm 25 years old. I know Danielle from high school and, and like middle school, and like childhood stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently live in New York and I work in like media and uh, journalism, like news media and publishing. Um, and I attended University of Michigan uh, for undergrad and I was lucky enough to study abroad twice almost um one was like a an actual like summer program and the other one was like a two-week long thing for a specific class mm-hmm. um so both of those were in japan um so that's sort of my experience okay nice and um before i ask you about japan um i know it's kind of random but um i read the the piece that you wrote on eater about um eating pizza hut in china with your grandma <laughs> And uh, wait, let me actually read it so I get it right. Um, should I have this up? Okay, why I always eat Pizza Hut in Beijing. Um, I I really enjoyed that piece. Um, I, to be honest, I'm I'm used to thinking of you as like pretty stoic, and so um, I really appreciated the the kind of vo- vulnerability you showed in writing about how like you know you didn't really like Chinese food that much when you were younger, and how you kind of felt like like judgment or pity from your relatives whenever you'd go over there, you know, about your food choices and how that made you feel. Like, I don't know, I'm just not used to seeing that side of you. <laughs> Plus I know it's, it's like been a while since we've like really had a conversation, but like, um, I just, I really enjoyed that piece and I really appreciate you for um, sharing all that about your family and your grandma and your kind of like trajectory in terms of like not just like food, but you know, being uh, Chinese American and everything. Um, it was really nice. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not normally. I, I don't really share personal info like that. So that was like the first mm-hmm. for a maybe the first and only time I will go into that. <laughs> never, never doing that again. <laughs> um, but thank you so um, much for reading that. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. I, I was just curious. Um, were you asked to write that piece or did you just, I mean, were you like randomly inspired to write and submit that? I know you worked for Eater previously, but like, how did it come about that you ended up um, putting that piece out? Um, so yeah, when I was previously working at Eater, I had been, that Life in Chains, the the sort of column it's under had been a, like a pretty regular, semi-regular Eater thing. So I had always been kind of thinking about that. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't really write a really good and complete draft until after I had left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I I think it was like a week or something off I had in between jobs. I um, like polished it up and sent it, like submitted it in like a pitch again. And mm-hmm. um, they they took it. Nice. It. 
very cool. And did you, sorry, I know this is not about the piece, but I'm just, did, <laughs> did anyone in your family read it? Like, did you get any like feedback from your family about it? I saw that you had like called your mom and asked her, or like asked your mom and your grandma um, some questions while you were like writing it, but did anyone in your family read it? Yeah, I I felt weird about the thought of that also, but I ended I did end up like sharing it with them mm-hmm. when it was published. Yeah, um, and they like my immediate family at least, and um, I don't. It, they seem positive. I I don't really or like dad and brother like good job or something like that. Um, <laughs> and my mom, of course, is like very supportive, and she said she like translated it for my grandma in China um, and I mean my grandma apparently like the older she gets the more she is concerned with any mention of herself like mm-hmm. kind of like an nar- older person narcissism um, so she, I think she my impression is like she really only she was curious about it but she really only cared like about the parts that mentioned her and she was like oh did they get my painting in there like the awards I won for my paintings which is funny but yeah, yeah uh, so my immediate family and I think my, my grandma at least uh, know about it nice nice your grandma was an artist too I didn't I didn't know that um, yeah cool. or she was like a doctor by profession um, but she paints a lot and has painted a lot for um, decades I want to say uh, now uh. that she's can't really get up and do it that much but she has like a huge archive of uh, paintings she's done in the past like okay. Chinese, sort of like Chinese traditional paintings. Gotcha. Okay, so sorry, I didn't. This is not about like the <coughs> the the piece or your grandma. I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was really good and I was curious about some things. So, um, thank you for that. And um, I guess we can get to the matter at hand, talking about your study abroad experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I guess for starters, what um, like when you did study when you did go to Japan was that like part of your degree program or had you already been interested in going to Japan and it just kind of fit that that was the location of your program like how did that well I guess what what was your initial interest in going to Japan yeah um so I I mean I've been lucky enough that my family has like kind of regularly traveled to China to visit family and stuff um Mm -hmm from the time I was like young, like every, maybe every three or four years. And then like, as my relatives got old, as my grandparents got older, the frequency up to like every other year or every, or every year even. Mm-hmm. Um, so on a, when I was younger, like during high school and stuff, a couple of times we had, you know, after going to China or before going to China, made like stops in Japan for like a few days at a time. Um, so I'd already been to Japan, I think a couple of times before I studied abroad. Um, so I, I mean, I like Japan. I like, I, my parents liked it cause it's like a relatively safe country and it's like close to China. So mm-hmm. I can, in theory, like, as I'm seeing family kind of do those in the same go. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I guess I had been learning Japanese, like se- on, like as a habit or not a a hobby or something like Mm -hmm. in high school and then I learned like classes for it and like one of my concentrations in college was like Japanese uh literature Mm. and like Chinese literature and stuff like that 
Um, so I've been interested in Japan, and I didn't really have. I think I was what was it like I was looking for an internship for sophomore year, but I didn't get one. So I was like, okay, well, I should look at study abroad.、Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't part of the Michigan like degree program, or anything. It was sort of a third party thing I found.、Okay. Um, but then the second time I went, that was like part of a, a class.、Um, but that one, I don't even know if I would consider that really study abroad because again, it was only like two weeks, I think, and it was essentially like. After graduating, this is a like a just a sort of fun thing that was like paid for by by school to go to. So that one was like not super serious studying、okay. abroad. And、um, okay, so <coughs> when you went, when I, because I I met up with you in Kyoto. We were both in Japan during the same summer, and you were in Kyoto. Was that the the longer program? Yeah, that was the longer program. That was like after、um, sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. And what was that program about?、Uh, that one was just like language study. Okay. Like language immersion.、Um, that was through, like the the school itself was at Ritsu Meikan University、mm-hmm. in Kyoto.、Um, so they have. I don't know if they still have it, but at least at the time they had like quarterly or like summer.、Um, Like study abroad options, and there are always like a lot of、uh, students from abroad. I think going there、mm-hmm. for those language immersion things. Okay, and that and you were there for the entire summer. Um, I don't think it was the entire summer. I think it was maybe six six weeks. Okay, so not. I don't think as long as the whole summer long programs or like even your program. I think.、Mm, okay, and you said you found this like it wasn't like through U of M. It, You found it was like a third party thing. How did you end up? How did you end up、um, finding out about this program? Um, I think I was just doing a lot of research、mm-hmm. for like programs I could potentially do.、Um, I think there were either like, oh, I think the only U of M programs at the time were like for one for like engineering. I think. Something like in Nagoya, like exchange with an engineering program, okay,、um, which I was not, and then like in art and design school thing, which again I was not.、Um, so I just like, I don't know how exactly I found it, but I think I was just like googling a lot of stuff. Gotcha. And was it? Oh, excuse me.、Um, <coughs> do did you have a preference of where in Japan you were trying to go? Like was. Had you wanted to go to Kyoto, or was it just the program seemed to align with your interests enough, so you just went for that?、Um, I think at the, I had been considering Mitsumeikan, and、um, I think there was one like so, what is it, Sophia University or something、mm-hmm. in Tokyo? Yeah.、Um, I don't quite remember. How in the end I made that decision,、um, but I, it was basically between those two, and I cannot recall exactly what <laughs> led to that final decision. Okay, all right, and okay, so you were in Kyoto <coughs> studying Japanese. So you were in class every day, I assume. Yeah, it was、um, class every day, like morning to early afternoon. I want to say. Um, and then there would often be 
like additional sort of programs or, or activities for the entire like cohort or, or class at, the, at that time like um going to see like how like kind of like Japanese culture immersion things like how to do like traditional brush like calligraphy or stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah and then the rest of the time was kind of like there was some homework um and some of those other activities but the rest of the time was kind of your own to do with you know whatever you wanted to do okay and you were at an actual Japanese university as opposed to like like where I was which was a language center like specifically for people trying to learn like Japanese language and culture so um were you like on in a dorm on campus or uh no it was like an an actual university like Ritsumeikon is like an actual university um Mm -hmm. but the housing situation was I think there were like a few different options like scattered throughout the city of like either kind of like hostel kind of stays or like long-term like housing situation kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. But those are kind of drawn by lottery. Oh, and so okay. it's just like wherever you ended up, you ended up. Um, so I ended up in like this place sort of this like long-term hotel kind of thing um, or like long-term housing kind of thing sort of near like Nijo Castle in Kyoto mm-hmm. actually. And so I had a, a roommate who I hadn't known, who I was paired up with um, in the same program. Um, and then there are like other students from the that program in the same building. And then everyone else was sort of like also like scattered in groups uh, in different housing situations. They're also sitting. Okay. And um, the other students who were in your program, were they, I mean, was, like it a, was it a mixture of people from various countries or were they mostly American? It was a huge mix, a really diverse mix. So there were, there's like a handful of Americans like me. Um, Most of the, most of the Americans I think were actually from CUNY, like New York. um, And they had done that through their school. But then Mm -hmm. there were like, there were a few Australians. um, There were like Koreans. There were a lot of people from Taiwan actually, and a few from China. Um, Some like half Japanese, like European, students um, mm-hmm. other European countries like Italy um, yeah it was a pretty a pretty wide mix okay and I assume were you like the only person there from U of M yeah okay all right so as you mentioned you had been to Japan like a few times previously um, but was this up to this point was this the longest stay that you'd had there oh for sure yeah the okay. other times would have been like definitely less than a week, a few days to, to a week. Um, okay. Like, two, I think two other times previously, like on the way to China or like coming back from China to see family. Okay. So was that like, was it, was it even more enjoyable because you were there for a longer time or was it like a different, like maybe perhaps a different set of challenges having a like, I guess, quote unquote, live there for, um, as opposed to just visiting for a few days? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely a different experience because, like, for a few days, you're there, like, uh, very much as, like, a traveler, a visitor, mm-hmm. a tourist um, in, like, a, a hotel um, and then spending your time, like, going to see, like, the sites or mm-hmm. um, wandering around, stuff like that. This one, it was much more the experience of getting to 
be rooted there for like a longer period of time and you have like your home base and then you get the opportunity to you know like maybe you see like Fushimi Inari like the, the shrine but then mm-hmm. after that you can go to like the, the much lesser known places or the everyday places that um, are not like the first stop for tourists there for the first time you get to like have a regular grocery store you go to and a regular you know ramen shop down the down the block um, and you use like like they're like using the bus system every day and figuring out how that works um, or just having the luxury of like getting to go anywhere and just like get lost and wander around and be like, okay, if there's a bus stop somewhere in the next like five blocks, like I know how to get home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you mostly stay within Kyoto or did you get to travel around while you were there? Um, mostly Kyoto, but there were a couple of, I think like day trips through the program. Like mm. what's the lake we went to? Um, I don't remember the name of the lake right now, but there was like a lake that we went to a couple of times with like um, some of the Japanese, like Japanese student, like buddies, they called mm-hmm. them um, from the university. Okay. And then there were like a couple of other like day trips th- through the program, but also like um, on your own time, like on the weekend or in the, and in the afternoon, if you wanted to, um, there are a couple of times I like arranged to go to like the outskirts of Kyoto or like something like that. Um, very much like day trips nothing like going to tokyo or like on a taking like the bullet train to somewhere overnight mm, okay gotcha so you had uh japanese buddies you said <clears throat> yeah there i don't know how many there were probably a group of like eight to ten students like rotating on a rotating basis um who are like students of the university like actual japanese um natives and like locals mm-hmm. um and they would accompany the program for like those program activities and like excursions. Um, but you were also encouraged to like hang out with them and um, go drinking or like go eating or like um, go to go shopping or whatever with them in mm-hmm. our spare time just to like become friends with them. Um, so there were a couple who I think I got along with more, like got to know more. Um, mm. But I think, and this may be some of my regret, there, I did not become as close to them as I thought, as maybe would be advisable. It was still, at the end of the day, mostly a, a group, like the, the core group, I guess, the people I was hanging out with was, like, also the foreign students. Mm, okay. Do you, um, do you have an idea as to why you didn't get as close to them? Other than you tending to spend more of your time with, like, fellow foreign students? I think so. Um, I mean, a lot of them were uh, women and who, like, I don't know if this is an assumption, but who would, like, often pair up with, like, the the guys in our program. Oh. <laughs> um, and a lot of them, like, really, really enjoyed, um, like, drinking and partying and clubbing. Mm-hmm. And I did not really do that as often. Mm-hmm. Um or at all. There are like times when I went drinking at like Izakai and stuff. I didn't like going like they would spend like the entire night out. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, that is no thank you. <laughs> um so I think there's like a difference of sort of uh personality or like interest, um, but also just like the the sort of weird breakdown of like who gravitated towards who. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I mean the 
sounds pretty normal, you know. Uh, and I personally am not like the clubbing <coughs> sort of type either, so I I totally get <laughs> totally get you being like, oh no, I'm good. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. So, do you were in class every day? Do you feel like a really challenging program, like language wise, or do you feel like um you your proficiency um really developed a lot during that time um at the beginning I thought it was well it was like challenging um so we we took like the a placement test and we're sorted into different groups mm -hmm. um and so I think I ended up in like the like intermediate high or like the the second highest level or whatever okay. um so it was like but it was like challenging in terms of like learning all the new grammar and like um stuff like that but I did feel like my proficiency improved a lot um not just because of like class but because of like talking to like getting around like Kyoto or like talking to the Japanese students or or actually like funnily enough there are a couple of um Korean students like mm -hmm. um two two girls from Korea who could not really speak English, but I became like pretty close with them and the only language we could use to communicate was Japanese. Mm -hmm. um, so like, even just like talking to them on a regular basis, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so I, d I do think my language improved a lot during that summer, um, mm -hmm. but now of course, I feel like I've forgotten everything. <laughs> you, um, you don't still study as a hobby anymore? I mean, I'm sure you're working and you're busy and have a lot of that stuff. I've been trying to, yeah, I've been trying to study more. Like I try to keep up. I've been pretty bad about this lately, but there, at least if you asked me like a month ago, I would have said like, Oh, I go through like vocabulary, like almost every day. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's been like, yeah, like a, as I'm thinking about like my priorities and stuff, it's like increasingly gotten to the bottom of that priority list with like the time that I have. Um, but I really should, I keep saying this, but I like actually should. So if you have any suggestions for like how to keep up with language proficiency is like mm -hmm. a not too like stressful or like time consuming way, but just like on a, on a casual yeah. everyday basis, like, please let me know. Yeah. I mean, for me, cause I like I, I try to like study, study, but I, it's almost like I don't have as much bandwidth for it as I used to, which is a shame because I, I kind of pride myself on being like a studious person, even though I'm not in school anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I watch a lot of dramas. I don't know mm -hmm. if, you, if that you're into that. Um, I mostly I don't really watch anime. I started watching this one series that I'd put off watching for like ten years, and now I'm finally <laughs> watching it. Um, <laughs> So I basically just try and take in as much Japanese media as I can. Like I follow mm -hmm. people, uh, Japanese like artists on Instagram. I follow Japanese um, publications on Facebook. I watch dramas. I certain YouTube channels like Asian Boss or that Japanese man Yuta. I don't watch Yuta's channel as much, but Asian Boss they have like some pretty cool street interviews with Japanese people. So in, uh, instead of, even though I probably don't like study as much as I could, um, I guess just engaging with like any sort of Japanese media that actually interests you will help. Because if it feels like a chore, then you're not going to do it. So 
doing yeah. something that you actually look forward to doing and that you enjoy, but also incorporate some sort of like reading or listening um, comprehension practice thing. Uh, I feel like that would help, you know. Yeah, that's so, a good idea. I guess like the the core of it is just like I have to stop being lazy and like actually actively seek <laughs> out that that media. Um, yeah. I follow a lot of like Shiba Inu accounts on Instagram. Oh. Um, they frequently have their captions in Japanese, so that's like yeah. a little bit of reading that I get <laughs> on mm-hmm. a regular basis. Um, but yeah, that's those are some good suggestions. Yeah, off the top of my head, that's what works for me. Not to say that I <laughs> mine is as strong as it could be, but that's I just try to be engaged at least a little bit every day, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like really paranoid about losing my language skills. So I just, you know, that's what I do. So yeah. maybe eventually you'll find your thing that you can like stick to and that'll help. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then you, that was... And then at the end, did you just have like a final project or something or like a like a final test to end your program with? Yeah, there must have been. Um, I think it was. <laughs> the academics are the, the thing that I remember least <laughs> from the program, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think there must have been like a final exam of some sort, um, although I don't think there was like a you know, a big project or anything like that, a capstone. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then I know you have the other one, but I'm still kind of, uh, I would like to know a bit about it. So it was after you graduated and then it was only for two weeks. Um, was, and that one wasn't, I, I presume not, that wasn't just like language study, right? No, that one was not language study at all. Um, so it was, it was like, if you took, a certain class in like the Asian studies department, um, mm-hmm. you could, you had this option of like going on this trip as an extension of that class in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the class was, I'm trying to remember what exactly the class was, which is like, dumb of me. It was definitely like um, Japanese literature okay. um, related. Um, I'm blanking on it because I think I took that class possibly in junior year or something. Um, But then I had the option of like, you know, since I had taken it at some point, I could go Mm -hmm. in this program um, with people who are otherwise like had taken it the year after me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one was, it was still going to class, um, but the class was kind of either like some lectures from our professor about you know, Japanese literature and, like, how it related to, like, the, the modern, like, Tokyo scape. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but th- that involved a lot of, like, field trips and excursions, like, going to certain museums or, like, going to other universities or we would get, like, guest lectures by these other professors or kind of, like, more um, in the field, like, very much um, literature kind of based study studies um and that was all in english there was not really any japanese language immersion like a lot of the students had not studied japanese at all um like anyone could take that class so it was pretty much like a bunch of uh, americans from uh michigan like the university of michigan just going and learning stuff in english and like wandering around tokyo for a couple weeks okay so you were based in tokyo during that time yeah yeah okay 
And then was that your first time? No, because you. Oh no, because you've been previously. So you probably had been to Tokyo before, just yeah. not for that long. Yeah. Um, before you went to, before you studied in Kyoto, had you been to Kyoto before as well? Yeah, I had been to Kyoto like the couple of times I had gone with like family during those like China side trips.、Mm-hmm. It was usually like maybe like two days in in Tokyo, like a few days in Tokyo, a few days in Kyoto, just like、okay. taking the bullet train in between.、Um, so I had had the experience of. Visiting both of those cities before these longer stays. Gotcha, gotcha. And so, what was your? I mean, what was your overall impression of Tokyo? Did you enjoy being there more than Kyoto? Was there a certain appeal to?、Um, I mean, I know Tokyo is like the big city, like where everything happens. But for you personally, was there a certain appeal to it that?、Um, Made you like it more than Kyoto, or did do you not have a preference between the two? Or maybe you liked Kyoto, but I don't know.、Um, I think it, I think in terms of longer term staying, I I actually like Kyoto、um, a little bit more.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's like the city itself, or because like I had had the opportunity to stay there longer,、um, but、mm-hmm. I felt more like Tokyo is so busy. There's there's so many people and things going on.、Um, I like. I tend to like quieter neighbor, like walk. Just the experience of I think going to a quiet residential neighborhood and just walking around and wandering around. I really like that sort of experience.、Um, mm-hmm. So I have that a lot in Kyoto,、um, and I have that like a little bit in Tokyo as well because I took that final like study abroad thing、mm-hmm. um, as an opportunity to kind of. Just like wander around,、um, since I felt like, oh, I have experience. I have like the language. I can really like wander around and do anything I want here. Yeah.、Um, but as far as like potentially like another long term stay,、um, I, I I like Kyoto a lot.、Um, okay. But I wouldn't say no to like literally anywhere in Japan. So. <laughs> same. Same.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of knowing the language, because I know you said like for the for the two week program, you there were some students who well, it wasn't required to have studied Japanese before、mm-hmm. participating. In the program. Right.、Um, did your did knowing Japanese make a significant difference in how? I, I guess I'm wondering how helpful it was to you. I'm sure it was being in the sense like you're in Japan, knowing Japanese is obviously going to be helpful, but like. Um, like, did you feel like your proficiency level was enough for you to communicate with people?、Um, were people impressed with you know how much you were able to say and understand? How useful was it to you personally knowing Japanese already? Um, I mean, like, very useful for like just getting around the city and、mm-hmm. like when I if I was ever with like a group of other students, um, like it would be. It was helpful for them if I like could like take charge and like just just like speak or like ask questions or like ask like where are we like、mm-hmm. how do, can we can you help us get to X Y Z or whatever.、Um, so it was useful in that sense.、Um, I think it was like yeah proficient enough to get around、um, com- on a conversational basis.、Um, were people impressed? I don't really I don't know. I think there's like a. A sort of like unique thing about like being 
East Asian and like mm-hmm. having that ability where people like assume just like assumed already that you were Japanese. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And so often it would be like the opposite thing where like it would start <laughs> thinking like too quickly and it'd be like, no, 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 I am from America. Um, so I don't think it, it was, yeah, that kind of experience. Okay. And then did you, cause, um, uh, as when people are learning languages, you know, they might be passionate about like learning and studying it, but actually having to like speak it with native speakers can be kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. Did, did you feel that way? Like, were you, did you have to push yourself to like practice it in like day to day real life situations or just, you know, conversations or was it, um, or I don't know, did you, maybe you didn't feel any type of way about that at all. I don't know. I'm just curious because I know for some people, me personally, I'm not trying to project or anything, but sometimes it can be like hard to like push yourself to actually like speak and use it in, you know, real situations. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, like a hundred percent the same feeling. <laughs> um, also, I'm generally like a nervous person. So like, yeah, very much so. Um, I had to like there are times when it's just like I, I felt like oh it'd just be easier if I you know just use English and like mm-hmm. ask people and then they can just respond to me in English um, and yeah. then I don't have to like struggle with like the telling them like oh actually can you speak slower or repeat that or something like that <laughs> um, I found it a lot easier I think when I was talking with like the Korean girls in my in my pro- program in Kyoto mm-hmm. because we were all sort of in the same boat of having a similar sort of like conversational proficiency. Mm-hmm. but it would be less daunting to speak to each other or less sort of like, in, not embarrassing, but like you wouldn't feel the mistakes as strongly or like as acutely as you might with native speakers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've always been weird about that. There are even times when like, I remember the the Taiwanese and like Chinese students on that Kyoto program. Um, like I can speak Chinese. I like speak with my family pretty regularly. Um, but having the context of and like us all knowing like oh she's like American she's Chinese American it took me the Mm -hmm. longest time for me to like stop using English with them and finally just use Mandarin (laughs) which Mm -hmm. has always been like a weird thing um I think again like some weird like Chinese American like neuroses Mm -hmm. okay do you feel like you're uh pretty proficient in Mandarin uh, yeah, like much more proficient than my Japanese at this point, <laughs> or like uh, ever, um, really. Okay. Um, cool, okay. I assume like you grew up like speaking it at home and then also going to China so often helps too, I assume. Yeah, um, and then when I was younger, like childhood, I think like first grade to 10th grade, there was like mm-hmm. this Chinese school thing every week, probably a lot of Chinese Americans have a similar sort of experience where like weekly they would go to like a kind of like almost like a Sunday school type of situation. You would go and Mm. learn Chinese from these like weird Chinese textbooks um, like once a week for a couple of hours. Yeah. And then afterward, like, like that's where a lot of the community is like your family would know a lot of the families there. Or like my parents had like a regular volleyball group they played with at this um, Chinese school, which was held in a middle school, like every weekend. Um, and then one of my, like, yeah, and then when I got to, um, college, uh, one of my majors was also, like, 
or concentrations was also like Chinese language. So that was mm -hmm. like much harder, like actually learning um, the sort of intricacies and like university level Chinese. Um, yeah. And I, I struggled a lot with that too. Gotcha. But yeah, so that's where my Chinese stuff comes from. Okay. And okay, so just so I'm clear, what was your major when you were at U of M? Um, so I double majored in comparative literature and Asian mm -hmm. studies. Okay. And across those, it was primarily like Chinese language and literature, Japanese language and literature, gotcha. and like translation and like literary theory. Ooh, nice. Translation. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, are you still into like... Chinese and Japanese literature now? I know that's not like what you work in or mm. anything or like probably not even like studying um, but is it still like an interest of yours? Yeah absolutely um, I should like figure out ways to use my degree more <laughs> um, or it feels like I mean you're using like, one of them all that time to like I guess so <laughs> but I would love if there were ways I could like sort of incorporate this stuff more um yeah. in like my free time or my career somewhere somehow um mm -hmm. i do still really enjoy them i like a lot of the like comparative literature like literary sort of analysis and, and stuff like that and, and like translation theory um are things mm -hmm. that i'm like very interested in on just like a personal basis um yeah i still like reading about them but i would be mm -hmm. down for like some more incorporation or like use of those in my media life yeah. And um, let's see. I assume you would definitely like go back if you had the chance or the interest to go back to Japan, um, be it like Tokyo or somewhere new. Um, do you have any such plans or any travel plans in general in the near future? Um, to answer that first question I guess yeah I would like love to go back mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you feel the same um mm -hmm. I don't know it's just like a really neat place to be I feel like everyone wants to go to Japan at some point um I have a lot of like colleagues who have gone to Japan in like the past you know a couple of years it's like a hot place to be um yeah I would love to go back I don't know exactly in what context um probably to see someplace new or, or something like that um mm -hmm. before my like final trip to japan which was like that sort of senior year tokyo trip mm -hmm. i had actually done like my first solo traveling thing to japan i think um the summer of junior year or something like that um mm -hmm. basically i was just like studying for the gre that whole summer um mm -hmm. and i had like quite a few savings saved up for my I had a part-time like writing like blogging job for an arts website nice. um so I was just like well this is I guess probably gonna be my only opportunity to just like do this if I want to mm -hmm. I went to Tokyo for a couple of days and I went to Hokkaido for like a week um for the first time mm -hmm. and that was a really interesting experience being like in a totally new area of Japan um but also alone um but then I ended up like, I ended up spraining my ankle like halfway through the trip. Oh, no. So I was like. Were you hiking or something? Yeah, I was like in like a, this mountain sort of area. Oh, and okay. then like going down um, sort of like a steep 
like steps to like a crater and I like ugh, fucking dumbass and like slipped and like I don't I don't know what happened. Something happened with like my, my leg and my coordination and I just like totally messed up my ankle and it was oh, no. I don't know, I like panicked so much just being like alone in a totally foreign place, mm-hmm. like with a sprained ankle. Um so that was like not that was an I would say that was an educational experience. Was it like the most fun experience? No. So would I wanna like do solo traveling in Japan again? I don't know, maybe, but it was like kind of lonely. Um mm-hmm. I think traveling is something to like figure out, like what is the best sort of traveling um for like each individual person. Right, right. Um but yeah, I don't have any immediate travel plans. Um yeah, a lot of my vacation days um inevitably have to go to like china to see right. you know like grandparents who are like getting older and my parents also both moved back to china for work um at separate times over the past couple of years so mm-hmm. basically all my family is in china? china yeah they're they're in china oh. right now um my okay. brother my brother is still in the u.s um but my almost basically my entire family is like essentially in like China right now. So that's where like, I didn't know that. I have to say vacation days. Um, so I can like go visit. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. And, um, uh, I'm wondering, thinking about, you know, study abroad experiences you've had, or just like travel experiences you've had in general, do you have any advice for, um, anyone looking to travel or to study abroad or simply to travel more any advice or any takeaways that have been most pertinent to you um the first thing that comes to mind is sort of dumb but um (laughs) data like get an international data plan Mm, um i think that's incredibly vital especially now that you don't really have to call like you can call through like whatsapp or whatever through data um Mm -hmm. but it's just so helpful for maps or like google maps or figuring out the subway or whatever or something like that um so data plan i think is like the practical bit of advice um for other advice i guess some of the most fun i had was just like wandering around in different places like getting off at a random bus stop and just walking around for however long i wanted seeing like these neighborhoods and like street corners of like residential life where you wouldn't that are not as apparent to like first time travelers Mm -hmm. like tourists there that's like some of the most rewarding and fulfilling um time i think i had there Mm -hmm. and yeah just being like proactive about like what you want to do with your time where you want to go like what is your goal of doing this thing and um how can you accomplish this goal like if your goal is to meet people then like maybe hang out with like those Japanese language like buddies more um, Mm -hmm. or like go to random like clubs or or things. Um, But if your goal is to like, I don't know, like visit more things or um, I did like a lot of photography sort of stuff. So I really Mm -hmm. wanted to like go to new places and take photos. Um, Like just figure out what the number one thing you want from that program is or that opportunity is and figure out how to do that. what else? I don't know. It can, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but there are times during that, especially that Kyoto program, the longer program where I did feel like homesick or I felt like, man, all these people are getting on my nerves. Um, <laughs> so build in time for yourself to call home to like email 
um, your family and friends to mm-hmm. just like take time away from people who you may or may not feel irritated by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like practicing that sort of centering yourself and taking care of yourself during that whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, keep up with your health. Like, don't, I don't know. Like, don't, there are a lot of people in my program who would, like I said, they, their nights would be spent like actually overnight just outside, like at Izakaya and like bars and clubs and stuff. Um, to the point where during the daytime where there were other activities and like classes and stuff like that, they would just like sleep through it and not go. Um, mm. Obviously if that's like your goal, that's fine, I guess. Um, but like for people who rarely have that opportunity to be in this country, like learning different things and experiencing different things, um, probably not a good idea to like drink yourself into oblivion like every night. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So just being mindful of that and like still drinking water and like getting right. fruit and veggies <laughs> and stuff. Don't eat common like every single meal. Yes. Definitely. Um, lots of, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's a very sound advice. Thank you very much for that, Jenny. Um, <laughs> oh, also, do you mm-hmm. have any tips for like funding or scholarships? Was there anything in particular mm-hmm. that was most helpful to you when you were studying abroad? Yeah, I think definitely see if your school has, yeah, like funding and scholarships. Um, for that first one, since it was not through my school, um, unfortunately it was entirely paid for um, by like myself. And I mean, I have like a lot of financial privilege. My parents um, are able to help mm-hmm. for sure. Um, for that second program, I would not have done it if it was not like covered basically by the school. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. um, airfare, since I had already been planning to go China to visit family um I just like kind of like ate it as part of the the airfare costs mm-hmm. uh, but the rest of the program was basically poor um including like spending um and like food money and stuff like that so mm-hmm. definitely see if they're like funding opportunities um it's expensive I think yeah. but so I don't I don't know if I would necessarily recommend I don't know I guess this is this is I want to say, like, if you're like me and it did not end up factoring into your car- larger career or, like, life path mm. where I ended up going, um, I could see how it might have just been, like, a very expensive blip on the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the personal, like, aspect of it, it was definitely one of the most enjoyable and memorable Thing, like experiences of my life I think so if you're able to afford it um, or like fun, get funding through school or like get family and friends to help out or like work part time and have your savings go to that if you're able to um, I don't know it was really worthwhile to me and a really I think formative part of at least college yeah okay um Let's see. Okay, there's one last question I wanted to ask you, but before that, um, just like your career trajectory, um, I know it's kind of like random, but 
you know, you're working in media now. Had you always wanted to be a writer or work in like journalism or media? I should have asked that at the beginning, but I realized that I forgot. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I think when I was, from the time when I was young, like I always wanted to be a writer, um, as I'm sure many like young children dream of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not even, I wouldn't even consider myself like a, a professional writer right now. Like my, my job in, in media is more on like the audience growth and like strategy side um so I don't like write full-time or anything like that any writing I do is kind of on the side or on a freelance basis um and stuff that I basically you know have to be really passionate about working on like when I get home from work or like on the weekends Mm um I don't know I'm thinking about like career a lot lately and like what I actually want to do and like what is the most what is like the career path that makes the most sense? So I have a lot of question marks about this okay. particular question right now to um, like following your passion and doing what you want versus like building a stable career and mm-hmm. like job stability. Stable life. Yeah. yeah. Especially cause I mean, media everywhere is like kind of hard right now, but media is like really fucked as like an industry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just like a lot of, problems with like business models and stuff like that and like the like how companies and publications can survive so there are a lot of like question marks and uncertainty um both like on a micro and a macro basis um but yeah I really enjoy writing I would like to do more of it um I'm trying to find ways to be better about like my creative endeavors outside of the office Mm -hmm. Well, I hope you do find um, ways to continue with your writing. Um, I've always thought you were an awesome writer, so I'm really <laughs> glad that you're able to work in the field that you're working in, even if it's not maybe exactly, you know, fulfilling your your interest or maybe what you want to do in the long term. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really glad and really proud that you've made it to the point that you're at this far, even though it might not feel like much right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think it's great, and I just hope you keep – Keep up all the good work and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay, yes, very last question. Where can people um, find you or connect with you online if if you would like them to do so? Um, Let's see. Um, My handle on most social media things, I guess, is just Jenny G. uh, My last name is Z as in zebra, H-A-N-G. I would say, like, Google Jenny Zhang, um, except there's a very famous poet and writer yeah. who has mm-hmm. that name, which is pretty unfortunate for me being in like a <laughs> sort of industry or field. Um, right. I get people mistaking me for her like online all the time, oh, which is no. incredibly bad for the self-esteem. Um, oh, no. But I don't know, maybe if one day I become like successful enough, I can like usurper is like the the number one google result but i don't i don't see that happening but anyway i guess that's like a goal oh my gosh yeah i remember when what was that book sour grapes sour heart sour heart yeah sour heart and i messaged you about it and i was like oh look at this and you're like yeah mm-hmm. yeah not, not me sure. <laughs> it's a good like, book. I know it wasn't it's a really you, good but, book yeah yeah 
I know it wasn't you, but like one can dream. And maybe, I don't know, like even though people might find you by mistake, maybe, you know, that's more people who can find you and support your work or support you. I don't know. Wait, that's true. Maybe I'm like cannibalizing her, like <laughs> search traffic and stuff. Um, okay, then I, I guess I should keep that up. <laughs> so um, that's Jenny Jizong on... Um, Instagram um, and Twitter or Yeah, I guess I'm I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. I have like a I have a website with like links to some writing, but I obviously have not like published that much. So like mm -hmm. yeah, you can just like if you Google my name with a G, I think you can probably find me. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for um taking the time to talk to me today. Sorry again that we were late. Google was tripping, but it worked yeah. out. Um uh, <laughs> no, no worries. This is, this is fun. It was nice to to see you virtually again. Um, mm -hmm. Apologies for like all the coughing and like. Oh no, I didn't even notice it. I forgot you were sick until you just mentioned it. I okay, didn't that's even notice great. Anything? That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope you do get better soon, um, and that you have a wonderful Sunday. And have you already done your dog walking thing, or is that later? Um, that was the, that's supposed to be later, but I don't. I don't know. I feel like do do you do I pass do you can you like pass on germs to dogs? Uh I guess I actually do not know now that you mention it. I have no idea. Okay. I assume so. I mean, can't can't you get sick from your dog? If if you can get sick from your dog, maybe you can also pass things. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, not a veterinarian. I'm slightly <laughs> worried about that. Um do you you still have your your dog, right? I know well, not um not the Bassett. Right. The, the other basset. dog I have. Yeah. No, the basset unfortunately passed away. But I still have my little, um, not little. She's definitely not little. Um, <laughs> Julia. <laughs> is she, is she in your room? Can, is she in the frame? Like in, no, she's to, in, okay. no, I can't, I put her in her kennel when I do these interviews because oh. otherwise she'll like sit in front of the door and whine and I don't oh. want to catch all the whining on looks for me in the house. It's, it's cute, but it's like, I don't know. Oh um, God. I mean, I could take her out and show her to no, you. No, no, it's you okay. Want. It's okay. It's, okay. it's, it's fine. Um, I'll just like be comforted <laughs> by the thought of a dog anywhere. Yeah. Um. Okay. I was just curious. I know you mentioned that, so I was wondering if you still do dog walking thing. But um, yeah. I hope you get feel better soon. I hope you have a great Sunday and a great week. And um, I really appreciate appreciate you doing this. Um, and just talking about your experiences. And I wish you nothing but the best going forward oh my god thank you so much um <laughs> you too everything you just said thank you, you. <laughs> um but no seriously this is this is great um hope this is, hope everything's going great and hope this is a smashing hit <laughs> i'm sure it will be <laughs> all right well then i'll let you go jenny hopefully <coughs> talk to you sooner rather than later <laughs> Yeah, for sure. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. There it is. Thanks to Jenny for being such a wonderful guest, and I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. 
Also, if you like what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast, or Stitcher. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for next week on Monday, uh, since we have reached episode 20, I have another 10 cents episode that I'm going to be putting out on Monday. Um, so after every 10 episodes, I like to just take time to uh, reflect and express gratitude and talk about what I've learned so far. And um, so that's going to be coming on Monday. And then uh, on Tuesday, I have yet another guest. Um, yep, I'm trying to ride this thing out as long as I can this year. <laughs> so uh, I have another guest on the show. And um, if you remember Marley from last week's episode, my friend Marley who went to Turkey, when I went to her house to interview her for the podcast, I ended up interviewing her sister as well. (laughs) And um, her sister uh, went to um, New Zealand. She studied abroad in New Zealand as an undergraduate student. So you're gonna hear all about that next week. But until then, Thank you so much for listening. Happy Halloween and talk to you next time.